Hi, hello, it is Josh Bowe, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Uh, Mavericks lose a tough game in Houston against the Rockets, 128-121. It is just me tonight as uh, the rest of the MMB staff is enjoying their Friday evenings and I have nothing better to do than to watch this game and somehow get frustrated despite the fact that the Mavericks lost a game, you know, they really should have and gave a really valiant effort. But then in the final five minutes just kind of made some brain dead plays that just really uh, frustrated me and and it, it was pretty wild. But um Obviously a tough loss, but obviously, you know, a tough game for them to try to win. You know, Luka Doncic out with his ankle injury. He sprained it Thursday in practice. He's going to be out for at least the next six games, including tonight. So that would bring him at the earliest return uh, Monday, February 10th at home against Utah. There's only two games. If he misses the next six games, there'd only be two games remaining before the All-Star break. So it wouldn't be shocking if... Luca just sat all the way through um, and got rested up so he could maybe play in the All-Star game because I know that's important to him. But Mavericks were shorthanded, so they went with a, a, a zany starting lineup with J.J. Barea and Ryan Brokoff in alongside Chris Stops and Dorian Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, playing against the Rockets, who didn't have Clint Capella, so they didn't, they didn't play a big. Um, Basically, P.J. Tucker and Thabo Cephalosha were the bigs for, for Houston tonight. And it's pretty wild to think that Houston still had, you know, they had seven offensive rebounds. Mavericks obviously beat them on the boards 38 to 30. Mavericks had 14 offensive rebounds, so they took they they used the advantage as well as they could there. Uh, but it was so interesting to watch this game unfold. It was really the Mavs strategy from the last time that they beat Houston earlier in the season. They did what they could to make sure James Harden couldn't beat them. And because James Harden is so good, he still ends up with 35 points. But he had to take 25 shots to get them. He was 6 of 14 from 3, 10 of 25 from the field. And only 6 assists and 3 turnovers. You know, he really, I mean, obviously he had a huge impact on the game. But, you know, when you kind of double Harden and you use this strategy where they just brazenly double him, you know, not even off of, pick and roll just you know he's bringing the ball up the court and the Mavericks send another defender at him when you do that you're basically saying okay Daniel House PJ Tucker Eric Gordon Austin Rivers Ben McLemore you're basically saying you guys aren't going to be you know you guys have to beat us we don't think you can make enough shots for this defense uh, to be ineffective so let's see what you got and we'll take our chances. And unfortunately for the Mavs, those those guys beat them. Austin Rivers, three or four from three. Ben McLemore, three of six from three. Eric Gordon, three of eight. Daniel House, four of six. P.J. Tucker, two of five. Rockets go 21 of 45 from three. And they were well over 50% for most of the game until the Mavericks clawed back in the fourth quarter. So that's just, you know... I'm always big against being the kind of guy that's like you just shrug your shoulders and say they hit shots because I always feel like uh, that's cutting your effort a little too short because you can always play better defense and, and things like that. But really, I think for for once, I think that is a little applicable. Uh, the Rockets just made a lot of shots that the Mavs dared them to hit, and you really can't say much more than that. And you can see how the strategy paid off. You know, they're down 16 entering the fourth quarter and they get it to a three-point game, you know, 107-104 with a decent, you know, plenty of time left in the fourth quarter because they kept doubling doubling the ball. 
uh, with Harden getting it out of his hands and daring all these guys to shoot, and they started missing some shots, and the Mavs got back into it, and uh, they just weren't able to close because when you don't have Luka Doncic, sometimes you know it's hard to initiate offense. I think this is where the game gets really frustrating for me and a lot of Mavs fans watching the game, and I think this is where you know maybe before that run where you're thinking, okay, well, they did their best. This is just a tough game to win. You know, we'll get up next time kind of, kind of feeling. I think this is where people get upset because the Mavericks had three straight turnovers once they got the game to a three point deficit in the fourth quarter. And all three were just, you know, bad, you know, dribble turnovers, just DeLon turning it over two times in a row, going one-on-one and then Kristaps going one-on-one, turning it over just really bad plays. Uh, and there's just nothing more you can say about it. You know, you know, maybe you could say that the refs got a little tight with the home and the Rockets got a good home whistle. The Rockets were able to play a little more aggressive uh, on defense. They had 11 steals. Uh, that's crazy. And a lot of that is the Mavericks being careless with the ball. And uh, some of that might be some home cooking. But I think, you know, in those three straight possessions, it was a lot of one on one without a lot of action which is not how the Mavs got back into the game by hitting shots. I would have liked to see the Mavs run a little bit more screen and roll. You know, I love DeLon Wright and what he can bring, but him being necessarily a guy to go one-on-one with four other guys standing around, you know, that doesn't even work really all the time with Luka. So with DeLon and, you know, hell, Kristaps, you know, that's just not something that they needed. Um, And it just, you know, they got stuck. And when you don't, when you're missing Luka, who is, the alpha and omega of your offense, that's that's likely to happen. You're going to get stuck. You're going to be in positions that are uncomfortable. You're going to force up uh, compromising situations because you're playing players up a level or two, up the rung, up the totem pole than normal. And even with Luka, you could argue that maybe those players are already up a rung or two too high on the totem pole. Uh, so that's just, that's just kind of what happens. Uh, it's tough, you know. James Harden hit a really dagger three toward the end uh, off a kind of scramble possession where the Mavs were playing good defense. Um, Jalen Brunson scores really quickly out of a timeout to cut the game to, I think it was like five or four. And then the Mavericks get a stop and he basically goes one on two at the rim and gets his shot misses the shot or gets it blocked and it goes out of bounds. And it was kind of like just a head slapping moment where Brunson does something really great, the previous possession, and then does something really bad the next one. And that's kind of the life for a young guard, second year guard. It's frustrating, but you know, that's what happens. Um, Otherwise, you know, I think if you can get past the way the Mavericks looked in the final five minutes, which is something Mavs fans are probably getting used to at this point, but um, if you can get past the way that after they clawed their way back into the game and they kind of farted and fell, fell on their faces for a handful of possessions there, if you can look past that, there really were some bright spots here. Obviously, Kristaps Porzingis with his best game in a Mavericks uniform, 35 points, 12 rebounds, two steals, a block, 13 free throw attempts, 10 of 13 from the free throw line, 12 of 20 from the floor. It's one of the few times he's been over 50% from the field in a game this season. And really, it's it's obviously too early. But if we look at these next six games and Christo, you know, the next five games, which Luca has already been ruled out of, and if we we might be looking at a trend here, you know, you look at how Kristaps played without Luca in those five games when uh, Luca previously missed because of the the ankle sprain. Five, if you include the Miami game that he hurt it in, 
And then now you look at this game and we're starting to see a little bit of a track record of Kristaps seemingly looking more like himself when, when Luca's not on the floor. Uh, it's obviously way too early, way too small of a sample size. And there's just an obvious, obvious reasoning, but when Luca's out, I mean, Kristaps just touches the ball more. That's just, that's not rocket science. He's getting more shots and he's getting more touches because the Mavericks just have, they have to get the points from somewhere. Like, there's just not enough guys on this team that are reliable shot makers uh, against the set defense uh, in terms of creating their own shot. And I know Kristaps didn't necessarily create his own shot the whole time, but the Mavericks at least moved him around the floor and got him in favorable positions so that when he caught the ball, he only had to make one move or just get the shot up. Uh, and he was fantastic. And he, I think he was really fantastic off the ball. I think he was he rarely he didn't really pick and pop much tonight. He picked and he wasn't necessarily always rolling like hard like a Dwight Powell, but he was he was picking, uh, letting his guard go around the screen, and then you know trying to traverse the space inside the three point line and trying to find a spot to get open and, and get the ball and get a good shot up. And that's fantastic. And the Mavs need more of that. And that's something that they're going to have to look at in these next five games because you assume this is going to be the way they're going to have to play offense without Luka going forward. And the big thing is when Luka returns, they have to find a balance. They have to find a way for Kristaps to look like this uh, while Luka is playing. They just have to. And it can't, you know, when when Luka and Kristaps are on the floor together, it's a lot of Kristaps spotting up pulling the defender away so that Luca can have more room to cook either in a pick and roll with another big or in a one-on-one situation, a mismatch. And maybe the Mavericks need to diversify a little bit more, maybe involve Luca and Kristaps in some more uh, pick and roll actions, not just pick and pops, but kind of do there's, there's no reason why they can't do some of the things they were doing tonight, but just with Luca initiating instead of, you know, Jalen Brunson or JJ Barea. Uh, part of it is, you know, experience. You know, the Mavericks guards, uh, you know, J.J. Bray is an experienced veteran. DeLon Wright's been in the league for for four seasons now. You know, these are point guards that have played, uh, you know, have a decent amount of experience and know how to kind of play the position a little bit. And obviously I'm not trying to say Luka can't play the position. That's that's crazy. But just in terms, you know, Luka's still 20 and sometimes he shows his age a little bit. And he's having a, you know, he's having an historic, you know, MVP caliber season. So, in Kristaps, it's he's just more comfortable sliding back into that role that he was in New York a little bit, while also still being within the Mavs system. It's not just sliding back to the New York role in terms of the shots, because he's not shooting a ton. You know, he shot a little bit more mid-range shots, but he's not, you know, doing a ton of isolation and a ton of post-ups. There, there were a few, and they didn't always look great, but it's more uh, fitting into that number one role where you can – you can get consistent shots and consistent touches, you know, before Luca with Luca, you know, Kristaps might go three or four trips down the floor and really only touch the ball to swing it or maybe be involved in one screen and roll or something like that. And otherwise he's kind of spotting up and, and trying to draw the defense out and give Luca more room to work with, give some of the Mavericks other guards or let or more limited offensive players, some more room to work with. And it's great. The Mavericks have won a lot of games so far this season with that formula. But I think tonight shows, you know, there's there's room to tweak it, and it's it's just good to be reminded that Kristaps still has it. And even though I'm totally cool with giving Kristaps this season to work himself back into it and learn a new role and 20 months off and the injury, all that stuff, uh, the fact that he can still do this while you know that he still has he's still capable of a night like tonight 
is just good to see. And it's a good reminder of where the Mavericks ceiling still is, despite the fact, you know, they are 29 and 19 now. And it still feels like there's so much room to grow and so much room for this team to get significantly better. And they're already, you know, the sixth best team in the Western Conference. And they're basically going to be a playoff lock as long as they can play average basketball while Luca is out. And even when Luca's back, you know, they could go 500 to close the season and they're still probably going to make the playoffs. So that was wonderful to see. Uh, Seth Curry having a pretty decent night was, was, was good to see. Um, really surprised that Maxi Kleba played only 14 minutes. You feel like this is a game for him, but with, with Kristaps playing the way he was and the Mavericks really having success with a five out lineup with Kristaps in, uh, that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, good to see Willie Cauley Stein show something tonight. Uh, in the first four or so minutes he was in the game, he picked up three fouls and a technical foul, went to the bench, and it's like, okay, cool. Uh, this is the Willie Cauley Stein experience. This is what all our Kings friends have been telling us about. And he comes back into the game in the fourth quarter in the second half, and he made an impact. He was plus eight. Um, he still had five fouls, but he had six rebounds, two assists, and a block, a really nice block. Finished one play. Uh, obviously, it's way easier to do this against a Houston team that's playing P.J. Tucker or uh, Thabos Evolosha at center. But it was it was energy. It was effort. It was him running the floor hard. So let's just see if they can keep it up, keep him engaged, and uh, you know then that's really all you can ask for with the, the acquisition that they made there. Um, otherwise, you know, I think you know Russell Westbrook probably won this game for Houston. The Mavericks. I thought it was interesting the way the Mavericks guarded Westbrook. I think there it was very obvious that they did not care that he, you know, couldn't shoot threes and they tried to back off of him. But Westbrook, to his credit, only shot one three. And when he caught the ball, you know, and the Mavericks are backing off of him, he used that space as like a runway to the ramp to to propel him to the basket. And he was just a monster at the rim all night. Um, it's just wild to think about how much of a mismatch he can be at the rim when you consider. You know, a lot of the guys guarding him, like when Brunson and Wright and Berea are guarding him at the rim, it's like they're not even there because Westbrook is just such a overpowering and physical presence. Um, I would have preferred, you know, I think there were some moments where Kristaps was guarding Westbrook and that worked a lot better because Kristaps could basically freelance. Who cares if, if Russell's open beyond the three-point line? And then if he if he dribbles in and Kristaps kind of just gave him everything up until you know the restricted area or a little bit in front of the restricted area because it's like you don't care if Russell Westbrook shooting a free throw line jumper Um, so I thought that was interesting I thought that would have been maybe a good look to see a little bit further but credit to Westbrook kind of taking advantage of the space that Mavs gave him and 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 still scoring Uh, of course maybe you know you can only play off him so far I mean the Maverick that you know Brunson or or Wright could be standing in the paint under the rim when Westbrook crutches it and it might not make a difference with how aggressive he was at going to the basket so you know if teams are going to play Harden like that I think you know that's the key for the Rockets this season is can Westbrook give them points when teams are just selling out as much as possible to keep Harden from going off well uh (laughs) I think that's about it. I was only going to go less than 10 minutes and it's almost 15 minutes by myself because I'm a blowhard and I can just keep rambling on. So I think I'll call that a night again, frustrating way for the game to end, but overall you respect the effort and hopefully the Mavericks can duplicate this effort a little bit, uh, duplicate the good parts, carry it over into these next five games and survive without Luca. They will try it again Saturday night against the Atlanta Hawks in Dallas 
We'll see. Trey Young has been an absolute tear. He just beat Philadelphia tonight with 39 points and 18 assists. So the Mavericks will they'll have their hands full with another talented guard again. So we'll see. And it will be either myself or Kirk Henderson or both of us uh, coming to you with the postgame reaction afterwards. So uh, otherwise, it's been Josh Bowe with Maz Moneyball after dark. Again, the Mavericks lose to the Rockets 128-121. And we will talk to you tomorrow night.